Blog Talk Radio. Tuning in to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends, one of the most informative and entertaining talk radio shows today. From social issues and trending topics to sex and relationships, no subject is ever taboo. So join us now for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it. Happy Sunday, everybody. It's September the 20th, 2015. We're your hosts. I'm Will Strayhorn. And Alicia Brown. How are you doing? How was your weekend? I, I am good. My, my weekend you, you was You sound good. good. You sound better. Yes, this week. yes. You were a little frustrated this week. You sound better. <laughs> See things as you turn around. <laughs> yes. As you know, it is very hard, um, the life we live. Uh, very yeah. hard, very purf- purposeful, but very, very, very busy. Um, but like I always say, I always am blessed by the people that I work with. Um, so when you're when your job is inspiring and encouraging other people and, and getting them to see their vision, their purpose, their potential, it sort of motivates you. And you yeah, know, it makes yeah. the sleepless nights okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, well, no, no. I, I guess. <laughs> well, we're going to say that, Will. That's how we make okay. this with it. Now, okay. somebody, and I'm not going to name any names. They happen to be the Please only don't. other person on the line. Um, yeah. Somebody was a head judge for a past. You know, I would love for them to share that experience. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was this past, this past, what was it, Friday night. I was the head judge for the Miss Hampton University pageant. And it's yeah. um it's not my first time working with the pageant, but I normally work in the capacity of the makeup artist for um the winner to when they do their you know, they have their yearly ebony magazine spread. Yeah. Um I'm usually the hair and makeup artist for that. And then I also normally teach a makeup class to the contestants just prior to the um, pageant. But this year, I guess they upgraded me. I was the head judge. Yeah. I, I came in just as a judge, but then they had to um, they had to choose a head judge out of the five. And these people, they were professors and doctors and um, all of this. And they chose me to be the head judge. So I was, I was really honored by that. And it was a good experience. We had nine contestants and, um, I believe, Brittany Harper. Um, she, she won. She was really good. She was outstanding. Beautiful. All night. Yeah, it was Beautiful. a good experience. Yeah, yeah. And I that you, you had a workshop that you didn't invite me to that you did not remind me of. You know what? But, uh, I remind you. I know why you didn't do it. I know why you did it. Play that tape from last. I know why you did it. And they can I know why you did it. 
Okay, why did I do it? Because you told me before that I would make you nervous. No, honey, that's not the story. But, okay, that sounds cute. Um, (laughs) No, that's not it. I talked about you anyway, so you should have. Oh, did you? It'll come back. It'll get to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it was good things. But um, the university actually wants me to come back, and they also want me to come over to your neck of the woods in Virginia Beach and um, do a couple workshops over there. So, East Coast, whatever. So, you know, again, when you do the work of the Lord, when you're working your purpose and your calling, as you well know, doors will open. You you might look at entering it one way, but God will magnify that and, and, and open doors in other ways. Um, so, you know, as long as we're living according to purpose and we are promoting his kingdom and we are helping his people, um, that's all we can ask for. Right, right, right. But you know what, Will? There's another event, um, and of course, this is exciting. You know, in this show, we are all about healthy relationships, healthy people, and there's actual a local event coming. I believe it's in Chesapeake. It's coming in the first week of October. Um, okay. Beautiful topic on restoring marriages. I mean, oh, okay. yeah, that that definitely needs to be discussed. And yeah. we have with us none other than Renee Beamer, um, who's going to – I'm not even going to give you all the great information about her. <laughs> I am going to let her introduce herself and tell you about what this conference holds in store, not to mention the discounts they have starting today. Uh, so if you would please help me welcome to the show Renee Beamer. Hey, guys. It's good to be with you. How are you doing? Doing very well, thank you. I've enjoyed listening in at the start of the show, and you guys are encouraging me, so let's just keep going on that route. Yes. Marriage Building Event. 2015, yes. Yes, it's a marriage building event. My husband, John, and I have uh, been able to serve the Lord, serve his body, in uh, going to different places and just helping to build up marriages with the Word of God and and just through the ministry of the Holy Spirit working in lives to restore and renew. And so we're excited about this year's theme, Restore 2015. It's actually taking place in Hampton, Virginia, and it's this coming Friday um, evening after work and Saturday morning. Um, The big news is, uh, yeah, we've got a great incentive for couples to bring friends with them. If you register with another couple, you're going to save $50 off oh, the wow. total of the two registrations. Yeah, that's a considerable <laughs> savings, and yeah. um, it's all done online. All right. And we're going to get that information a little bit later to let people know how they can get that discount. Yeah. But yes. is, is this an event that's just for troubled marriages, or who should attend? It's honestly for anyone who's married or or soon to be married. We have an engaged couple that will be participating this year already that we're aware of. But no, not just for those who are navigating difficult seasons in marriage. It's for any marriage because in in the counseling world, it's it's been said that when a couple comes to you in, in marriage crisis, um, it's it's not necessarily the problem that they see that's the true problem. But there has been a series of breakdowns that have been happening for quite some time. And then when that major mm-hmm. blow hits, 
the relationship really begins to just crumble. So even a strong marriage, uh, what we've seen from past experiences, couples just take a step back and say, you know what, we need to reevaluate. And not that they were in a bad place, but they just Mm -hmm. were kind of going along with the motions and the routines of life and not really taking the time to just reflect on what they're doing and why they're doing and are they being intentional in making sure their marriage is long-lasting. Right. Well, Renee, what can attendees expect from Restore 2015? Well, we are so excited about what we're able to do in such a short amount of time, a Friday Mm -hmm. evening starting at 6.30, the doors open, and then again Saturday morning um, at 8 a.m., the doors open. But we're going to dismiss midday. So we're not we're not taking up someone's entire weekend, but in that short okay. amount of time, we're offering child care, which is huge okay. for those couples that have exactly, little yeah. children, and mm-hmm. um, that's offered free of charge um, for ages birth through fifth grade. Um, mm. When we kick off... Friday evening at 6.30, um, we've got an elegant dessert and coffee hour set up. I'm so excited about Harpist. Uh, Garrett Harper will be joining us to provide the music at the start of that evening. A Harpist while you're eating chocolate-covered strawberries. Come on. Wow. Is it getting <laughs> uh, We've got nice. wonderful speakers joining us, Ray and Jacqueline Owensby. I know they've been on your show in yeah. the past, and we're just looking forward to the word that the the Lord is giving them to come in and encourage these couples. So it's going to be a great evening. Uh, Saturday we've got very impactful workshops. I mean, the things we need to be talking about in marriage, we're going to talk about them. We're going to hit some real talk on Saturday there at the marriage building event in Hampton. Um, And my husband and I are going to finish out the session with a charge. And and just um, we believe that we send couples off with new tools in their belt so that they can go on and the marriage building continues even after they've left the event. Oh, oh wow. That's great. And you, you, I know that you, in the information that you've sent over, you said that you've been studying, praying, and also weighing the investment, you know, of hundreds of dollars traveling across states. You shared before earlier, why, why is all of this really, really important to you and that you got you and your husband um, decided to put it all together? Why is it so important to you? Uh, That's a great question. Thank you for that. You know, I hear you talking tonight about the call and the purpose of God. And when he breaks your heart for something, you you know that he's asking you, now what are you going to do about that? Don't just Mm -hmm. be sad about it. Don't just be downcast about it. I need you to go and touch this part of your culture. And for us, it's the family. Our hearts Mm. have been broken about the family, the condition of the broken family, and a lot Mm. of uh, just just what we suffer as an American society, uh, many people will point back and say the home is is one of the root causes for the suffering that we're enduring in, in our nation. And uh, so we're, we're just determined we're going to live out the rest of our lives in unity, serving the Lord God, and doing whatever he gives us to do to touch the family and to strengthen and encourage people to just be quick to forgive and to uh, give another chance and to keep believing that in spite of how awful the circumstances seem, that God is still on the throne, and he is for your marriage. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. Well, Renee, for those listeners who, who who are saying, you know, I want more information or I want to register for this, where can they go? 
Oh, uh, yeah, it's very simple. Um, the website address is marriagebuildingevent.com. And it's a very simple registration process of entering your name. And, again, you want to take um, advantage of that discount of getting another couple to come on board to you. And the way that works, you have another couple that commits, and you enter in their information. You pay for one registration now at the discounted price, and then at the door you finish up paying the rest of the balance of the registration. So that you're not paying you know, for two registrations from your own charge account or bank account, but but you are committing to saying this couple will be with us. And so we're going to take advantage of the two registrations at a $50 discount. Okay. That is awesome. So, yeah, marriagebuildingevent.com, and this is open to anyone in the community. We, We really try to market to the Hampton Roads area and just serve the local pastors and churches and encourage them to, you know, send their people in, um, just people that we know that have family that say, you know what, this would be a good season for them just to work on their marriage. So we, we invite anybody to come in. We've had people come in from out of state. So whoever wants to be a part of this weekend, make plans to attend. And I thank you so much for letting me share this wonderful news. You're welcome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing that with our listeners. Because it yes. is yes. So we wish you so much success, Renee, on that event. We're definitely going to post that information to our Facebook wall um, and definitely give that information for our listeners to go ahead, sign up, especially while you can get the discount. (laughs) Exactly. Well, listen, I'll be listening in for the rest of the show tonight, too, and thank you again. It's been good to chat with you. You as well, and have an awesome day. Thank you. God bless. You too. Wow. I wish I was married so I could go to the event. (laughs) But, you know, I'm not married, so I can't go. Yeah, I was going to say that. I didn't want to bust your bubble, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're not married, so we we can't go. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. Maybe, Maybe, perhaps. Yeah, 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 perhaps. Yeah, sounds good. I'm going to tell my parents about it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, see, they married. They could go. Yeah. Maybe I should take my trouble marriage, you think? Um, you know, Hello? I think we should go right on to bringing um the cats oh, uh, and, like that. All right. and, and um but. talk about some how was day weekend and talk about some hot topics. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. No, let's talk about why we can't co-host. go to this marriage counseling. <laughs> <laughs> How's everybody doing? How are you this evening? <laughs> How's everybody doing? Good, good. I'm praying. Always one. I tell you, I tell you. Yeah. Anybody else do anything exciting over the weekend? Yes. Well, well, I did something very exciting. This is Danielle. Hi, Danielle. Hey, hey. I came across a lady named Kendra Dildy. I hope I pronounced her last name correctly. Um, and passing on Facebook, and she was having a fashion show this weekend and donating some proceeds to the American Heart Association. And oh, wow. as you know, yes. I suffered from a heart attack a little over a year ago, so mm. I'm very passionate about giving to a cause that's going to help something that I've been through personally. So I'm not a fashionista, not at all. I told her I would participate on the sidelines, cheering along the other models. 
Um, but I had the opportunity to play with makeup and get dressed up and, and watch some sexy chocolate walk down the aisle. So it was it was gorgeous oh, okay. and um with myself. Uh it was actually at the Virginia Hall of Fame Sports Museum in Portsmouth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It was a beautiful place. Yeah, she hooked it up. She hooked it up. It was so nice. So next year I'm going to be a little bit more hands-on. Oh, I sent uh, invites, I think, on Facebook because I was yes, giving out free you tickets read. and everything. Yes, she doesn't read, It's okay, though. Don't pay, don't yeah, pay, honey, don't pay, pay Will I'm talking about a personal invite with my name on it. See, I, I sent him <laughs> well, that. Well, I don't do personal. Oh, okay, I'm sorry to hear that. Okay. Yeah, you don't listen. My bad. Thank Next you. time, I'll add you to the personal invite list. I do say thank you. He'll say you didn't. Thank you, and I'll be He'll there. say you didn't. He'll All say right. you didn't. You know what, Alicia? Okay. Anybody you know it's else? true. Somebody went to go see the movie, Alicia. Oh, they did. Life-changing. They're left in tears, I'm telling you. Broken oh, down. Not. Who was yeah. it? Which cast member was it? You know who it was, Mr. Whitfield. Oh, no, it won't. Yes, that's me. The war room. We went to see the war room. Oh my Thank God! You, God spoke yes. to me during the war room, and he said, Ooh. "You know what? You should start a double dutch um, <laughs> organization at ODU." So tomorrow, when I get to school, I'm gonna go and see if we can start a double dutch competition because that war room. <laughs> I just, I have to. I don't know why <laughs> Nate entices me, but I have to. Nate, would you try to tell us what is the spiritual significance of Double Dutch and why you need to start oh, the organization? <laughs> I'm just all, curious. Alicia, because everybody can't do it. God ain't going to give you something everybody can do. So what he's giving you is a gift and a talent, so oh, your wow. gift and talent can make room. So what I'm going to do is start the Double Dutch competition. Well, you go okay. ahead. That's Let me know how you make out with that. Yeah. Yeah. And please praise record. the Lord. Go ahead and yeah, praise him, honey. <laughs> praise him. Yes. Liz, did you, did you do anything fun this weekend? I know you did. <laughs> Uh-oh. I had a good weekend. Um, uh-huh. You know, I just, I had another relaxing weekend. You know, I had some friends over. My roommate uh, is out of town for the weekend. So, you know, I had a little kickback. You know, I just enjoyed a relaxing weekend. Well, that's all right, I said. Right. I just had a real relaxing weekend. <laughs> that's good. Now, now, I saw you post, you posted a video. Was it a church service? When the guy was singing. What was he singing? Oh, yeah. Okay, on. so. Yeah, you know it's been a while since I've been to church, and I've just been going right, through. Right, right, right. So I went to uh-huh, church. We familiar. I was we early can tell. to church. <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> I don't know what we gonna do. Twenty minutes early for church. I got a good seat, and then you Leon Robinson came in singing, you know, his Temptation song. So, huh? It was a good day. That's the kind of church I'm talking about. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Still a little bit in oh. the world. Uh-huh, I understand. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> a little bit of the world. <laughs> very interesting. Very interesting. Whatever. So, I want to ask everyone: Did you okay. did you hear about Pamela Bell? Number one. Did y'all hear you about what she did this past week? We we go. Yes. I, I knew you would bring that up. Lord have mercy. Yeah. 
I, I mean, cause I, I was shocked. You know how you can hear, like, stories or rumors about how people are? You're like, no, not her. She's so sweet. I always see Patty as, like, the nice grandma or the nice auntie. <laughs> you know, she, so you well, she didn't say go gosh darn. Here. She did say gosh darn. Patty's not about that life. Yeah, she yeah, she did not her. Uh-uh. Well, Patty showed something. No, that's was a curse. <laughs> so, you know, the whole thing, she was, I guess, performing somewhere, and then um, Nate had educated me and said that normally in her concert she'll invite a guy on stage, and he said sometimes they either dance or they sing with her, Nate, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. They'll well, normally, she'll normally do, like, a duet song. Okay. And then the guy would do the duet. Yeah, okay. I witnessed that too in her concerts. Yeah. yeah. Well, this guy was a little inebriated, and he started to take <laughs> his clothes off. And she, you know, she got really offended, and she was like, "I'm not um, who she said, Nicki Minaj or right. she was talking about Miley Cyrus." And then I think he started to do what? I don't know if he was trying to take his pants off or he was trying to do something. But Patty, yeah, he was trying to flash her. She mm-hmm. lost it and told well, him. Well, he was being um, disrespectful. Yeah, but I mean, it just told to me, I mean, because I've never been around, it's just my ideal of who I think Patti LaBelle is. Um, to me, it just took her totally out of character for what I know her or what I think she is. Uh, so I wanted to ask yeah. you, you know, have you ever been to the point where you were completely taken out of character and, you know, made her look back on it and were like, oh, my God, I can't believe I, I reacted that way? Can, can, I, can, I, can I ask a question? You know, I always have to answer the question with a separate question. Always. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. I didn't see that as it took her out of character. For me, anyway. I mean, to me, I, Patty LaBelle is one of those people. If you've seen her on talk shows or uh, you know appearances, she's one that if you go left, she's going to address you when it's about foolishness. Yeah. So I just saw her as you know. Okay, I warned you. I, this is not that type of show. And then you're going to continue to do what she just warned you not to do. So like she said, get security. Go ahead. You guys do what you were about to do and I stopped you. Go ahead and get him off stage. So I that's not what she said and that's not what she did. I understand that she was summarizing what she did. But I'm talking about when she got upset, went over there and she said, what did she say? Get off my stage, bitch. She said. I didn't see that version. Her curse in my version. I heard her. Oh, well, cursed. She cursed. Oh, she, oh, she cursed. That's what I'm saying. I, I didn't you didn't get that, that version. That's the one I posted. I, I stand, I stand corrected because I didn't hear that part. That's well, what she for said. Me, for but, me to have been to several Patty LaBelle concerts. Go ahead, Nate. That's I didn't see it as being out of her character either because I think what she was trying to do, she was trying to uh, not allow him to take her out of her character. But mm-hmm. Patty always throw a little heifer in every now and then. <laughs> she do, she do. But and so she's I been known to check some people. Say the B word. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. She's been known but to I check people think, before. Yeah. Yes. Lord. Especially when you become, when you get to Patty's age, and as long as she's been in the game, you can, you deserve a bitch or two. Mm-hmm. When a when a fool act out on what the stage. What did he just now? Me personally. <laughs> I, for some reason, have a calm, cool personality, so I never let people get me out of my character. Oh, Lord. Uh, wow. Because Alicia, you, I guess you perfect, perfect Patty, Alicia, never no, let anybody take out the character, it's right? Choice. You know, perfect Patty, perfect Patty. Oh, I'll never Alicia. say that. That's my, no, I don't. 
You know what? This is what I'll say about that. When people say they take you out of character. Where are my violins? I can't say you took me out of character. Because my thing is, yes, I am a, I try to be a gentle, kind person, but I'm human. So, you know, every moment you're not going to smile on everything. If we're talking about something serious or it is a time where I need to correct you or be firm, no, this isn't a happy, joyful, smiling moment. We're going to have, you know, kittens and puppies. No, sometimes you have to have that assertive voice. But to say someone took you out of character, no, I'm addressing the situation. I'm responsible for my own character. I'm responsible for my own reactions. And my thing is, I don't know, like Nate said, whatever I do, I'm responsible for that. So I I can't say you took me out of character. I'm not going to say, I wish I hadn't really done that. I tried to maintain control of myself. Right. But it's in the eye of the beholder. You might say that's out of my character. I've never seen her act that way. Well, you know. Okay. Okay. All right. Anybody else? Yeah. Oh, I can get out of character, and and I'm fully aware that I'm I'm out of character. Oh, if you knew me personally, you would be like, oh, this is a different chick right here. Um, we all have that ability, huh? Because I will go there and, and, and not feel bad about it after because, you know, it, it, it was some levels that you, you, you reached that level and you took me there, so I'm going to stay there a yeah. while and then I'm going to come back down. I'm going to come back down. Yeah. Sometimes I got to go there because some people just, they, they operate on that level. So you got to uh-huh. be there with them. So, you know. I like that. I like that. But, you know, it does not take much for me to get there. Um, I, I have my mom's Ooh. cover, and I can go from Alicia. Please don't <laughs> I let me just, demonstrate. I exhale. I exhale. That's all I did. I speak to you. It does not take much. She heard exhale. all week. You all have heard all week how a yes. certain situation really irritated me, and I yes. took it there, ready to take and it there again. I tried to bring you back. <laughs> yeah. And I tried but to bring I, you back to surface. Yeah, I just, that's just something that God blessed me with, you know. I, I can take it there if I need to. Not, but I try not to show that side. And I try not to let it get there. But um, right. he, 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 I, I've been armed with that defense mechanism, should I have to use it. Yeah. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Be quiet. Let us pray. But tell us about what you pray. saw with Ms. Beyonce. What was that about? Okay, I really, I just really want to go to commercial on this one. You, you, you talk about taking someone out of character. I, okay, well, I'm just gonna read it. Um, Louis Farrakhan, there was this this comment he made about Jay Z, and basically, he wanted Jay Z to keep Beyonce covered. Um, it was a recent interview with um, Hip Hop since 1987 was the article. Um, it, he talked about how there was a sexualization of artists like Beyonce and Nicki Minaj and Rihanna. Mm-hmm. And he said, when you strip a woman down, a man becomes a dog. And he discussed how these artists set styles. And he was talking about these are some of the most beautiful women you could find. But today we strip the women of their clothes. How can a man think straight when he look at the beauty of Beyonce? So he turned to Jay-Z, his attention towards him, and he said, you know, you." he criticized him for having his wife on display. Um, he, he talked about how... These artists have degraded uh, women and, and have subjugated men, and um, he just believed that their attractiveness could cause conflict with men. And he said, quote, Jay-Z is a good man, a good manager, but now your woman is on display. Do you want men looking at your woman, being tempted by your woman, 
to make advances at your woman. To my brother Jay-Z, as much as I love and admire you, I want to see my sister Beyonce beautifully covered. You're responsible. So that just poses a question. Do you agree or disagree that Jay-Z is responsible for keeping his wife covered? No. No, he's not responsible, especially not in her business. I mean, every time I see Beyonce and she is whatever her real name. I mean, I guess it is her real name. But when she's not on stage, her stage persona, she's covered uh-huh. up. She looks she looks, yeah. she looks, like a mother. That's her stage persona. That's what makes her money. And, of course, unfortunately, sex sells. That's, you know, how she's become worth, you know, $465 million. So, you oh, know, and it's definitely not his fault. You know, I'm with the net worth. But, um, but should yeah. sex sell? It shouldn't, mm. but it does. Because, you know, when I was reading this article, this is so funny, and this is, when I was reading this article, do you know who my mind immediately went to? Who? Tyler Bell. No, oh. gosh. Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston was the yeah. greatest voice of all, and she never yeah. showed her all. I mean, she always was, so, and she didn't have to do much. Then I think that about wasn't her Celine Dion. But then that I think about image. Celine Dion. I know, but what I'm saying is they don't have to. We're we're making it seem like sex is the only thing that sells. It's not right. the only thing that sells. Good music sells, and I think Beyonce as an artist, um, for her fan base, because her fan base not grown people. You know, we right. like her. We may go to her concerts because we can afford the tickets, but we're not her fan base. So if we're if we're saying sex sells. And we're just we're stripping all of our artists down now. Then the people that come in, it's only going to get worse. Yeah. And she's evolved evolved into that because if you remember her from early Destiny's Child when she was a teenager, exactly. she didn't dress the same way that she does now. She couldn't um, afford. Her mama made her I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't say that they responsible. They were curtains and and shoes and things like that. She did the best she could with scissors and thread. What's Come on. Um, I mean, can you see Beyonce performing "Crazy in Love" with a pantsuit on? Come on. She has. Okay, she has Beyonce worn pants and about pants. <laughs> Maybe not on stage. Yeah. It's giving up on I think that's her image. Every time I, I see her, so. she's in one of that body suits. Yeah. I just oh, so Shay, I want to hear that one more time. <laughs> she always has on a body suit every time I see her. Mm-hmm. But I, a lot of them are the stage images. My question well, is, how did Louis Farrakhan decide that if a woman is naked or uncovered, come on. That that means that a man can't control himself. Oh, come on now. Well, that's his, mm. his whole his whole talking points. His whole talking points are directly related to his religion and his background. So yeah. everything that he says fits the nation of Islam and what he's doing. So I get where he's coming from from his frame of right. reference. Although I disagree with it, I know right. where he was coming from with it. Now, I don't think that he picked the right person or the best yeah. way to par- parlay what he was trying to say, but I get what he was trying to say, that it makes it difficult for men. And honestly, um, another idea that I had was if you see someone wearing a police officer uniform on the street, you assume that they're a police officer. So you do go by what people wear to a degree, and people are affected by how you dress and how you carry yourself. 
But the way he parlayed that was was not a good way, I don't think, personally. Not the best example. Yeah, it didn't come off very well. <clears throat> right. Hmm. Well, that's very interesting. Very interesting. But we're going to take a brief commercial. Um, of course, the phone lines are open, um, and you will want to call in to speak to our next guest. Um, again, we, we advertise tonight's episode is about God is greater than your circumstance. And you definitely want to hear his testimony dealing with illness, um, going from some horrific experiences. I'm not even going to give you those experiences yet. We're going to save that when we come right back from commercial with Let's Face It. Sounds beautiful. Dad, I'm performing at school Thursday night. You're coming, right? Of course. Promise? Do you pinky promise? Yes, I promise. You promise to love your children and be there for them. It's very important that you get a blood test for hepatitis B so you can take care of yourself and protect your family. Hepatitis B is common among Asian Americans. If you and your parents were born in Asia, you may be at increased risk for hepatitis B. And I promise, I will get a blood test for hepatitis B. Loving your family starts with caring for yourself. Talk to your doctor about getting tested today. My daughter's the best. (laughs) (laughs) This message is brought to you by the CDC. Not on my watch, our military service members say, as they volunteer to serve. Not on my watch, they say, as they leave their families behind to keep the rest of ours safe. As they move out, stand firm, and take fire. So not on our watch, we say, to the severely ill or injured veterans who can't get the care they deserve, the therapists they need to walk again, the treatment they need to talk again, the lifetime of day-to-day help they need to live full and independent lives. When there's no more government funding, or a nursing home seems like the only option, or everyone says there's no hope for recovery, we won't leave one warrior behind. Not on our watch. Find out how you can do your part at findwwp.org. I'm a firefighter. A teacher. I'm a farmer. I'm a barber. A waitress. A mom. We're all part of your community. Every day we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our every day. Some are good, others not so much. But that's life. It's when you experience a moment of uncertainty, something or someone's behavior that doesn't seem quite right. These are the moments to take a pause. Because if something doesn't feel right, it's probably not. It's not about paranoia. Or being afraid. It's about standing up and protecting our communities. One detail at a time. Because a lot of little details can become a pattern. We. 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 We trust our instincts. Just like you should. Because only you know what's not supposed to be in your everyday. So protect your everyday. If you see something suspicious, 
say something to local authorities. And welcome back to Let's Face It. Earlier this week, we shared his amazing testimony on our Facebook page. And, you know, every day there are people amongst us who have gone through just different challenges, uh, different things that point to no one but God as the solution that brought them through. Um, I don't want to give it all away, but we talked about how his journey started with immense pain, then had over 95 days of a hospital stay, and just looked like everything continued to go wrong. But at the end of it, he is healed, he is recovered, and he's here tonight to share his testimony and the grace of God. Uh, so if you would please welcome me in joining Elder C.J. Hunter to Let's Face It. Hello, everyone. How are you? We are wonderful. How are you, uh, Elder Hunter? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Wonderful. Glad to hear that. You know, I was um, seeing your testimony on Facebook, and, you know, it's really hard to try to sum it all up. But I remember you had said that on June 5th of 2014, you were rushed to the ER with intense pain and swollen legs. And somehow that turned to dialysis and then to stage 3 cancer and over 95 days in the hospital, among other things. Can you can yes. you tell us about that? Um, prior to, like you said, I was rushed to the hospital on June 5th, uh, 2014. Prior to that, um, I was experiencing lower back pain, which um, I think had lasted close to a year. And I thought mm-hmm. it was just due to um, all the traveling that I was doing. And um, mm-hmm. the pain progressed. I had to start canceling um, engagements because I was, I was just in so much pain. And then um, mm-hmm. my sister, she had flew out to uh, spend the, um, the summer with me. And on June 5th, I woke up, and my, my legs had swollen so much I couldn't put my shoes on. I couldn't mm-hmm. – um, I could barely move. And then she rushed me to – um, rushed me to the, the ER, and once I got there, they had ran several tests, and I was having trouble breathing. They started me on the uh, breathing treatment, and uh, they did an ultrasound and a CT scan, and the doctor came back, and he said that my kidneys weren't functioning at all. Um, they were at 0%, and um, mm. that's when they had put me on dialysis for um, five days, and then at the end of the five days, they did a procedure in place, uh, bilateral stents in the kidney tube, and that got my kidneys back to 100%. And then um, in the midst of all that going on, they had uh, the results from the CT scan came in, and they said that um, they discovered a large mass that was covering my um, kidneys, liver, bladder, and several pieces around my lungs. So they did a, a liver biopsy and sent it off to a specialist and when it came back, they had um, diagnosed me. They said I had germ cell cancer, and it was already at stage three. And um, oh. <laughs> they, um, it was at stage three, so they had to um, immediately start me on chemotherapy treatments uh, July 3rd, and I was doing the highest chemo they have, cisplatinum. And uh, I did chemo for four months. I was doing it every week. Uh, some weeks I had to do it three days back-to-back. 
um, you know, all my hair had fallen out. I'd gotten down to 105 pounds. And um, I was in the hospital two two to three weeks each time that I was admitted. And um, going through just all of those things, I mean, the kidneys were um, coming back together. And then from the liver biopsy that they had performed, I was experiencing internal bleeding um, from there. So I was having complications with um, internal bleeding. So they were giving me blood transfusion after transfusion, and they didn't discover that it was from the um, <clears throat> from the uh, biopsy until later on, until a month later. And then they had to um, place two coils on my liver to ultimately stop all the bleeding. And mm-hmm. um, there was one um, while in the midst of getting the um, chemotherapy treatments, there was one um, time I was at home, they had discharged me, and um, I woke up, it was maybe two or three in the morning, and I was having really bad chest pain, and I was, you know, calling my sister's name, and she um, finally got her up, took me to the hospital, and they did an ultrasound, and they said that I had um, blockage in my bile duct, so they rushed me to OR, put me to sleep, and they were going in to place a stent in the bile duct to open it up, release the blockage. And uh, when I woke up, my um, doctor comes in my room and she says, CJ, we have to take you back to OR. She said the doctor was supposed to place the stent in your bile duct and they put it in your pancreatic tube by mistake. So they my took Lord. me to, um, they took me to, um, back to OR, put me to sleep. And um, when the doctor went in, they couldn't do anything because I had so much bleeding. So they had to rush me to another hospital in San Francisco, and because I had lost so much blood at that time, they had to um, give me two blood transfusions there and then another transfusion in the ambulance uh, on the way to San Francisco to the other hospital. And I got there. They were able to go in and, um, you know, put another coil on and remove the stand and um, just, you know, get everything back together. I was still on chemo this entire time, and... um, there was also another period of time I was in ICU, I think close to um, two weeks, um, and I was just coughing up. I was vomiting blood, and um, they didn't know what was going on. I wasn't able to eat. I wasn't using the restroom or anything, and I'm still getting chemo because they um, the cancer was aggressive, and they said that it was spreading. And um, when you're getting the chemo, your tumor marker is supposed to gradually decrease and that means that um, the chemotherapy is doing its job. The cancer cells are uh, uh, being attacked and everything and cured. And my oncologist comes in my room. I'll never forget it. It was maybe 8 or 9 at night. And she says, CJ, we've been monitoring your tumor marker. It keeps rising. She said, you may want to consider moving back home to be around your family and checking into a hospital. Mm. And um, this entire time, with all the ups and downs that I had, I was, I was staying focused. I knew God was in control. I was saying, you know, by his stripes, I'm healed. But um, it's it's something when the people that their only job is um, to cure you and to make you better when they run out of all options. um, Yes. That that frightens you. uh, Exactly. In the the midst of that, I was alarmed. But I, um, I still had... Uh, I still saw a little light at the end of the tunnel, so I said, God's going to uh, make a way. He's going to turn it around. And uh, they told me I finished the chemotherapy treatments uh, in the middle of November last year, and they said um, when December comes, we'll have to um, 
to do a surgery to remove the rest of the tumor, teratoma that's left. So December comes, they did the CT scan, and uh, the surgeon and, you know, my oncologist met, and they called me back a week later, and they said that, um, they said, we've been looking at your scans and, you know, just checking everything. They said, we won't be able to do the surgery because your tumor's wrapped around so many blood vessels. And he said, if we take you into surgery, there's no way that you'll come out alive. And um, so I was, I was discouraged. I still knew God was in control, but I was, uh, I was discouraged. But I kept praying. And January comes. Uh, they called me back to do another scan, and I go back and um, I do the scan. He said, I'll call you back in a week. And when he calls me back, um, he said, when you were first diagnosed back in June, your tumor marker was well over 33,000. He said, when we measured it, um, checked your blood and everything, uh, your tumor marker is at zero. And then he said the tumor that was wrapped around all your blood vessels, and, um, you know, your kidney, liver, bladder, he said, we, there's no trace of it at all. Um, it's vanished. And, um, you know, I knew that it, it was nobody but God. I knew it was no one but God. And it taken me through all. As beautiful as that, that sounds. I mean, because we know the end result, it was nobody but God to just keep right. me till now. But when you first, I wanted to walk back through the part you shared. Mm-hmm. When you first went in the hospital and you heard your kidneys weren't functioning and you needed dialysis, what went mm-hmm. through your head? I um, I didn't know that they weren't. Uh, functioning. When I went and they told me um, that they were inoperable, uh, the doctor asked me, he said, when, you know, when was the last time that you used the restroom? And I said, earlier today. So in a matter of maybe five hours, um, they had shut down completely. And then I found out later that that back pain that I had been experiencing um, for, you know, six, seven months, it was um, that mass had gotten so large um, and it was pressing against my kidneys. And that's what was causing the pain, and it then, you know, eventually had um, gotten so large it pressed against the kidney tubes, and um, they just, you know, they just stopped functioning. But I was, um, I mean, when he said that, I was just in disbelief because he said when I started dialysis, he said if this doesn't work, you have to do dialysis for the rest of your life. And um, right. I've I've known people that. Um, you know, are on dialysis even now, and they've been on it for 10, 15 years. And uh, so I was just praying. I'm like, because I've never been sick, never been in the hospital at all. So it was it was frightening. But, um, you know, at the end of the five days, I said, God, you got to do something. So, mm-hmm. And I thought that was going to be it until <laughs> yeah. I got the other news. Yes. Mr. Hunter, this is Nate Whitfield. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm fine. How are you doing? Great. So hearing all of this and, you know, going through the kidney issues, through dialysis, um, hearing that you had the stage three cancer and then having to go through chemotherapy, during that moment, what is going through your mind? Um, I never I never complained. I, I was, um, and my mother, she had, uh, she flew out to California. She was with me for you know, five, six months, I was, um, the only thing that I was thinking about was uh, love. And I was I was sharing with someone, I think a couple of weeks ago, when you're going through things like that, um, you're, mm-hmm. you're scared, you're, the doctors are giving you reports, um, some of the words you, you can't even uh, begin to comprehend, uh, let alone even spell. 
And the only thing that was going through my mind is the, the people that were around me that loved me and supported me. I didn't care about uh, money, cars, how I didn't care about anything. I just uh, just just loved and I wanted to get better. But I had come to a place. I said, you know, whatever um, is in God's will, it, it's going to happen. So I, I was never, I, I never got to a point where I, I gave up at all. Right. Exactly. That's an that's amazing. Um, I know I probably I complain when I got a toothache, so I can't even imagine. <laughs> uh, Mr. Yeah. Hunter, this is shame alone. I wanted to ask you, at any point, with everything going on, were you scared that you were about to die? Oh, yeah. When um, Okay, so, you know, I, I told the story um, uh, as quick as I could, but, um, you know, every, I knew I was sick. I was in – I can't even explain uh, the amount of pain that I was in, and I had people calling me from all around the world, texting me and calling, and um, I was in, like, pain times a thousand when I was talking to them, but I kept saying, you know, everything's going to be all right, everything's going to be okay. When my hair fell out, they told me when I, before I started chemo, um, they said there's a chance that your hair may fall out, your taste buds may become inactive, and all of that happened. Um, but when my hair fell out and I started to, um, I had gotten to a place where I was just picking clumps of it out, that's when I knew that I was sick. And I accepted it after all my hair had fallen out and everything. I accepted it. I said, okay, you know, I'm going through this chemo. But then when um, when the doctor, when my oncologist came and she said, your tumor marker has been rising, um, you may want to consider checking into a hospice, I said, that, 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 was, that was a scary to check into a hospice, and, and they had given up on me. And they, you know, that's their only job to help, help uh, get me better, and they had given up. That's that you can't rely on anyone but God at that time. So what were you thinking at that point when they were saying you were going to have to go to the hospice? Because that's pretty much, that's what they say. You know, they're like, okay, we're going to keep you as comfortable as we can until you're right. gone. Um, I think had I been in um, another, I guess, scenario and I didn't have people around me, but um, there was one um person in particular, well, uh, to my goddad uh, in Sacramento, Dr. Thomas, him and his wife, they um, they have prayed for me. And um, it's one thing when, if you have faith, just a little bit of faith, and someone says something and you connect with it and you know God is in it and God said it and you believe it, um, you just leave it there. And that may sound um, outlandish, that may sound, you know, crazy to some people, but my faith is um, that uh, uh, radical. And um, they had prayed for me and laid hands, and they said, you're already healed. So when um, that happened, um, I had I already knew that I was healed. I was still going through the process, um, but I, I knew at that point that I was already healed. It was just a matter of time that I came out. I have one last question um, yes. as far as my questions go. This is still Shay. Okay. I just want to know, um, because... Like you said, that that takes an incredible amount of faith. And I wanted to know, what are some things that you had to go through to get to that level of faith? Mm. Um, <laughs> I was, uh, my parents, um, uh, especially my mother, you know, I grew up in church. And um, I knew that there was a calling on my life at a very early age. So just, you know, going through um church and being around family and 
and everything, it had, because um, everything that we go through, um, I, I believe in life, it's a puzzle piece, and it's all working for our good, um, the good and bad. It, uh, God allowed it to happen. So, you know, even at an early age, um, just being in church and uh, just around the people, they were building my faith up and uh, the word that was being deposited into my life, it was just all, you know, building me up so I would be strong and I wouldn't break and um, when I was faced with, with that obstacle. So, uh, yeah, I, I uh, contribute a lot to um, just my upbringing. All right. Hi, Mr. Hunter. This is Liz Garrett. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. So, being, you know, saying all that you said, why do you think all of this happened to you? Um, That's funny that you asked. Um, well, not funny, but ironic. One of the doctors that I had, I had a team of doctors, and one doctor that I had in particular was Dr. Rounds. And uh, I remember after they had diagnosed me with stage 3 cancer, um, before they transferred, I was between four different hospitals. Um, I was at one hospital. They did the kidneys, took care of that, and then I was being transferred to another hospital. And he came in my room, and I asked him, because like I said, I've never been sick, never been in the hospital. And I said, Dr. Rounds, did I do something for this to happen? And he looked at me, and he said, CJ, God allowed this to happen to take your ministry to the next level and to give you a powerful testimony, um, not just for you but for um, someone else. And I haven't shared this with anyone. Prior to me getting sick, I was talking to a pastor. And um, you know how it's almost cliche to say now, um, God, he's a, a doctor in a sick room. He's a lawyer in a courtroom. He's a friend to the friendless. He's a mother to the motherless. I had told the um, pastor, I said, I've never known, I said, I've heard these things, but I've never known uh, God to be a healer. Uh, I never known him to be a doctor in a sick room, and the next week is when I was rushed to the hospital. So God basically said, "Well, since you don't know me to um, in that capacity, let me show you." So that's what happened with that. Wow, because you know that that's one of the things I, I want to ask you. Just the different things you've been through. E- each thing mm-hmm. you shared through that medical journey is devastating enough. You know, a one right. person just going through the kidney dialysis portion, devastating. Stage three cancer, devastating. You know, you were going to hospice. All of those separate situations, but you had them all together. So what message would you give to our listeners who are at the bottom of their uh, rope, you know, they feel like no hope um, is left? I've, since I've, um, I think most of you have seen the posts um, that I've been putting on Facebook, um, and my slogan has been for years now, and I didn't know how powerful it was going to be until I actually went through um, something, but God is greater than your circumstance. And I, it doesn't matter how big, how small, um, whatever you're going through, he's He's greater than that. And I, I would, um, I, I, that's that's my message to, to everyone. Um, and I don't have to know um, what it is. All you have to do is connect with one person. Um, that that believes for you because there was times when um, and nobody was in my uh, my uh, hospital room but my mother and I would wake up in the middle of the night crying um, and she was over in the corner asleep and I kept saying you know God God's gonna make a way God's gonna turn around and then one thing that gave me a boost my mother uh, was in the hospital room I don't even know if she remembers and she's listening but she um, she looked at me and she said C J while you've been going through all this, you haven't complained at all. She said most people in this um, 
the scenario would say, why me? Why is God doing this? She said, because you've been remained so strong, uh, you've helped increase my faith. And when she mm. said that, that gave me uh, a, a boost of uh, faith and, and favor that just, I think, just catapulted me to already being healed, you know. Um, yes. That, that with everything else. So, yeah, I, I would say question. God is greater. Yes. Okay. Not to interrupt you, we had a, a viewer write in a question, and they wanted to ask you, have you seen okay. a change in your ministry since your health experiences? Oh yeah, um, <laughs> my um, growing up, my uh, ministry has always uh, very prophetic, and after going through that, um, you know, I know there's a, a healing ministry that has um, come along in uh, the ministry as well, and I'm I heard God's voice before, um, just like I'm talking to you all. I, I would hear Him, but after going through all this and experiencing um, all that I um, went through, I, I feel more in tune with God and uh, my ministry, my uh, my holy boldness. Everything um, has just gone to another level, and um, you know, it's, God gives all the glory and all the credit. Minister Hunter, I tell you, it's an awesome testimony to have and to be on the other side of it at this point. But what yeah. is your overall health and compared to then? What is it now compared oh, to then? I'm uh, I'm wonderful now. I'm I'm 100. percent I've gone to. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm back. I'm traveling um, almost every week, you know, for engagements. But uh, I've been going to regular um, follow-ups and checkups, and you know, they'll check my blood and. I've done a few CT scans, and I sat with the doctor and um, well, one of my doctors, and she just laughed and said, um, it's like you were never sick. You know, if we look at wow. the test, we know what you went through. We have, um, I have pictures, I have videos, and, um, but she said, it's like you were never sick. I mean, everything is, um, and they're, they're still, because, um, you know, doctors, they go off their reports and their tests, and uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, they, they don't have things like this in their books. Yeah, they don't they don't learn things like this in school that they matriculate from. But um, yeah, I'm I'm 100 now. That's good. And another viewer wrote in. They want to know: Are you active with cancer organizations to share your message, or is it just in church? Um, it is in church right now. I've uh, I was actually talking to um, to my team recently. I really want to um, get get involved in, you know, like cancer awareness and um, different organizations like that. And with all the traveling that I do, you know, be able to set up other things so I can, um, uh, you know, go and, and talk and give awareness Absolutely. and everything. Absolutely. Um, this is Shay again. I would okay. like to, um, if you could just tell our listeners, what advice would you give to somebody who has to watch some a loved one go through this? Especially like you said, yours came out of the blue, and uh-huh. it it became very severe very rapidly. What type of advice would you give someone to keep hope alive? Um, someone came to me. You said for a relative that's going through. To to see your own relatives or your loved ones going through what you went through. They um. In that time, they they need to know that you care. I know a lot of times people say they don't want to be smothered, they're irritable, they're going through things, they're on medication and everything. But um, And I I know with uh, the medication that I was on, 
I was I was extremely irritable, but at the end of the day, um, if you have anyone that's, uh, you know, a loved one or a friend, anything, they, they want to just know that you're there. They're, they may not admit it. They may not say they're scared. They may not uh, say they're worried. Um, but, you know, they want to know that you're there because once the doctors, the doctors are going to come in, they're going to give you um, the results of whatever test, and then they're going to leave. And who's going to be there, um, you know, by their side, um, late at night, it has to be someone that, that cares for them. Um, just at the end of the day, they just want someone that around them that cares and supports them and loves them. This is Liz again. Um, how can our listeners get in contact with you and hear more of your amazing story? Um, Facebook. They, um, I have a Facebook page. Um, just go on there and type in CJH. Destiny, and uh, all the information is is on there for, um, you know, all my posts. I have um, have a few big announcements that are coming up uh, in, the, you know, the next couple months. So if they connect with me on Facebook, um, they'll be able to stay connected. Well, we want to thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your testimony with us and, you know, touching different lives, and hopefully we can have you on again someday. Yes, I, I, I would love it. I, I thank you all for the invitation. Yes, and Elder Hunter, just one last thing. Just wanted to ask mm-hmm. you, was there any closing words that you had? Um, um, no, no matter for everyone that's listening, no matter, um, and it's not just about sickness, no matter what mm-hmm. situation that you're going through, no matter the storm, um, all the frustration, uh, give it to God and and um, and let Him handle it. That's that's it. Give it over to God. Um, if God said it and you believe it, um, it settles it. And and always remember, God is greater than your circumstance. Absolutely. Well, again, um, as Liz said, we thank you for coming on the show. Um, definitely thank for giving you, our Lord. listeners that information. And may God thank continue you. to bless you and in, in your efforts as you share that with people. Thank you. Thank you. Have a wonderful night. Have a you too. Thank you. Wow, that that's just amazing. And you know that that is so encouraging with everything from day to day that we we struggle through in our families and in, in our own personal lives. Um, just really awesome to see how God's hand works and brings people through some of the worst storms and challenges. But we're going to take a quick commercial break. And then coming up next, we are going to hear from our co-host, Danielle, who is going to introduce her new segment. And it's one you definitely want to stay tuned for because we're going to talk about how one woman has went from domestic violence to business ownership. Another testimony, and you definitely want to stay tuned to that. So we'll be back shortly on Let's Face It. Hi, this is Celine Dion asking you to help put an end to premature birth. I share the concerns and fears of every parent, knowing that more than one million babies around the world die every year simply because they didn't get enough time to grow. Let's work together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit facebook.com 
slash world prematurity day to find out how you can make a difference. Thank you for caring. To fasten your seatbelt, insert the metal fittings and tighten the strap. And in the event of a sudden rush of cabin generosity, your seat cushion can be used to grant wishes. How? By donating your airline miles to Make-A-Wish. Why? Because your frequent flyer account is stuffed as fat as your carry-on. And just like the workout clothes you packed, you're never going to use all those miles. But if you donate some to Make-A-Wish, you can give wishes wings and put sick kids right where you're sitting now. No, not in seats to Newark. Seats to fun family places, breaks from treatments and doctor visits and hospital stays, wishes to feel better, and lots of times get better too. Push your call buttons if you feel me. Alrighty then. Well, once we reach cruising altitude, you can use your electronic device to make your pledge of miles or money to make a wish at givewisheswings.org. That's givewisheswings.org. And then move about the cabin with pride, knowing that you've made a huge difference in the life of a -A make-a-wish kid. Because wishes work wonders, people. The human voice. It can be sweet as music, powerful as thunder, and so, my fellow Americans, cheerful as laughter. <laughs> but for millions of people, it can also be a sign of COPD. This serious lung disease can make it so hard to breathe, you often can't catch a breath or finish a sentence, let alone carry a tune. And many who have COPD don't even know it. That's where your voice comes in. If you think you or a loved one have symptoms, talk with a healthcare provider. Early diagnosis can mean better treatments and quality of life. Join us in raising our voices for the millions of COPD who can't. Learn more, breathe better at NIH.gov. Welcome back to Let's Face It Radio. This is Danielle. First, I want to thank Will and Alicia for an opportunity to share my my little piece of my universe, my company, to all the listeners. Tonight, I'm going to share with you one of my clients. Her name is Onika Daniel. She has an interesting testimony herself to share. It's very inspiring. So I'm going to introduce to all of you Ms. Onika Daniel. Hey, Nikki, you there? Yes, I'm here. How you doing tonight? I'm doing excellent. I'm doing great. Wonderful, wonderful. Can you take us back to the moment when you decided to start Gifted Boutique? Oh, okay. Well, um, this was probably... uh, Two years ago or so, I was just getting out of my unhealthy marriage, Mm -hmm. uh, and I had very little money, very little funds, um, uh, very little support from my ex-husband now's family. Uh, So I just uh, 
still working but needing clothes, needing needing uh needing to look nice for work because I had a business job, you know, but I always been very thrifty, so uh once I got out of my marriage I basically had nowhere to turn. So one night God just gave me the idea to start a second hand boutique for women. Hmm. What inspired you to start the secondhand boutique? Well, um, uh, as a woman myself and as uh, getting out of an abusive relationship, I just wanted to share my story, wanted to give back to the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what better way to do that than to start my own uh, secondhand store and to donate a portion of the proceeds to Transition Family Violence Services, which okay. is the organization that helped me out so tremendously when I was uh, in need of support uh, during my uh, uh, unhealthy relationship and basically basically uh, getting out of that uh, in unhealthy environment that I was in at the time, myself and my two children. Do you feel comfortable expanding on how Transitions assisted you with that? Uh, Transitions Family Violence Services offers uh, 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 support groups. Uh, Mm -hmm. They offer assistance for children. They offer uh, toiletries. Uh, They even offer shelter services if there are women out there who who are trying to escape uh, their uh, unhealthy uh, relationship. Uh, so they just provide uh, resources in the community to support uh, families, women and children, uh, in need of support. Okay, okay. So it sounds like they help you transition out of that bad situation and give you give you the basic things you need to be successful outside of that relationship. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit more? about the startup phases of your company. What were some things that you struggled with? What was challenging for you? Well, being that um, I wanted to open up a store, um, uh, obviously there are a million other stores out there, a million other uh, clothing stores out there. So the struggle was, you know, what makes our organization stand out? What makes our store stand out? What makes our store special? And how can we get it off the ground? Uh, they, obviously, a storefront is very expensive. Mm-hmm. So uh, basically, my partner and I, Adrian, uh, decided, well, you know what? Let's do it online. If we if we open up the store online, we'll be able to reach masses uh, in a quicker way and a in a in a lot less expensive way. That's true, definitely. Doing it online is very cost-effective. Can you talk to our listeners a little bit about how Danielle Booth's coaching and consulting assisted you in meeting some of the challenges you had? Uh, Yes, Uh, Danielle is a social media guru, and she's also uh, extremely Internet savvy. Uh, If there's anything that – if a a novice like me, for example, I I wasn't very hip – on social media and how to get my name out there and how to market and who to market to and how to reach those uh, those groups, those target markets. Uh, Danielle and her company, uh, she, she knows where to go, what time to do it, exactly how to strategize your wording. She's just very skilled 
things of that nature, social media and uh, internet marketing and basically just uh, how to reach reach your goals. <laughs> As you're speaking of this, way. Danielle, uh, sorry to cut you off. As you're speaking of this, sorry. Danielle, I'm like, who is that? Is she talking about me? I did all that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, she did, Danielle. Yes, well, she thank did. You. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, when you think back to the process of launching your company, what are some things you wish you would have done a little differently? Um, well, I think that um, initially it was more of a fear thing. You know, I'm like, well, what if this? Well, what if that? Um, basically, when God gives you something, mm-hmm. you kind of just have to walk out on faith and let him lead your steps. I mean, yes, Definitely. it's a little scary, but, you know, I, in in my experience, God wouldn't give you something if he, if he wasn't going to provide you with the tools to uh, become successful. Yes, it's going to take time, but, you know, you just have to walk in faith. Most definitely, girl, most definitely. <laughs> so yeah. earlier you were talking about how, there are countless other online companies out there. Can you tell our listeners what makes Gifted different? Well, basically what Gifted is is we're a secondhand boutique. Some of our items are new. Some of them are old or not even old, but love before. We call it love before, love before <laughs> items. But what makes <laughs> but what makes ours special is that uh, 10% of our proceeds are donated to Transitions Family Violence Services. Um, like I said, uh, domestic violence is a cause that is very special to my heart um, and my business partner's heart as well. Um, there was so much violence going on in the world today. Mm-hmm. We feel that collectively one day uh, domestic violence and violence in general can end, but we have to uh, work together, work together as a community, work together as a nation, really. Yes. You know, and also the fact that oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're fine. We all have to play a part. Is what I was gonna say. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, we all have to play a part. And also with our online boutique, um, uh, basically what it is is that we take the hassle out of shopping. I mean, you don't have mm-hmm. to get dressed. You don't even have to brush your hair. You just click on to our website and go. Well, that leads to my next question. So Gifted Boutiques tailors to what kind of customer? Uh, we basically tailor to uh, women between the ages of 18 and 40. Okay, okay. 18 and 40, is there a specific kind of person in the age range? Well, actually, we have all sizes. Uh, we have all uh-huh. different types of things. We have accessories. We have shoes, we have jewelry, we have outerwear, we even have maternity clothes. We just have anything you can think of, we have it on our website. So whatever you're looking for, yeah, (laughs) all different sizes, yep, we've got it all. And we're we're going to go ahead. Sorry to cut you off. Very affordable. That's important. As we wrap up, I'd like to give, give you the opportunity to share with our listeners how they can shop gifted. Oh, okay. Well, um, basically, our website is www.giftedboutiques.com. Again, www.giftedboutiques.com. You can also find us on Instagram. That's at Gifted Boutiques. 
And we're also on Facebook, which is Gifted Boutiques, LLC. And if you have any questions for us about anything, you can email us at giftedboutiques at outlook.com. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all that information. And thanks for sharing your story and your business venture with our listeners. I hope you have a blessed rest of your day. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Awesome. That was an awful job, Daniel. How do you feel? Absolutely. How do you feel? I feel like a weight is <laughs> off my chest. It's not very Were you easy. Nervous? Yeah, it's not very easy talking about what I do. I can talk all day yeah. about somebody else's baby, but when I have to talk about what I'm doing, it's a little bit more stressful. And for her to kind of talk about me like I was there was just strange. Yeah, yeah. and that's what people don't get. Yeah, even though all of it was true about you. What you think? I don't get it. The fairy. I don't. I don't get it. Oh, oh here we go. What? What, what, what don't I you love get? To hear people talk about me. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I start giving them other things to say. <laughs> you, you forgot. Uh-oh. It's always one, yeah. Lord. Don't forget always about when one. I helped your mama cross the street. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, we yeah, love you. Yeah, yeah. God bless yeah. them, though. Oh, Father. <laughs> well, but it's necessary because we, we have to, um, you know, I think our whole show proves that. We we have to talk about those things, not so much because they're about us, but because that's the purpose that God has given us. Um, so right. definitely someone that's able to reach people. And like she said, she's not the social media savvy person. People need that because if you're going to have a brand or business, you've got to promote and market it. And that's the beautiful thing. It's always someone out there that will do that for you. Um, so definitely the only thing I wanted to do is go back to Danielle, mm-hmm. and I want you one more time to tell us the official name of your business and exactly what services you offer. All right. Well, the official name is Danielle Booth Coaching and Consulting. You can reach me at www.daniellebooth.com. I assist individuals with branding, with planning their business and getting it from planning to launch mode. So that can include anything from developing your social media marketing, uh, pricing your product or service, uh, understanding who your customer is, so developing that customer avatar. I assist with that as well. And I also help you with um, basically networking with other organizations, other entities to help promote yourself and, and do a whole lot of one-on-one networking. So I'm really big on getting people connected to other organizations and networking groups. Right, because you're going to need that. (laughs) Let me ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a question. And this is actually jumping ahead a couple of weeks. Do you feel that you were called to do what you're doing? Do you feel like you're you're operating on purpose? I feel I was called to help others. And I'm, I'm called to help others by sharing and parting myself. So a lot of the things I do is things I've learned personally or experiences that I've been through. 
So if I'm providing a service to someone, it's something that I have dealt with personally, and I feel like I'm called to 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 help other people in that way. Okay. Right. Great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Great. Okay. Um, I have an, another hot topic that I wanted to discuss. You know Viola Davis. Anybody see the Emmys uh, last week? I think it was. Oh yeah. No, but I saw the story. <laughs> yeah, Viola Davis. Story, she, she was the first African American to win lead actress in a drama oh, category for How to Get Away with Murder. So, as soon as she won it in her in her that? speech. She made the only thing that she said the only thing that separates women of color from anyone else is opportunity. Um, says you cannot win a, a Emmy for roles that are simply not there, and that's true. I'm taking a class at ODU, and the teacher worked has worked with Viola Davis, and he was saying that because Hollywood is basically run by white men, they only pr- produce roles typically for white women. You know, mm-hmm. not to mention you know Tyler Perry. But um, that's a whole other story. You know and minutes after he she gave that speech, this lady who was a soap opera actress named Nancy Gron, I think is how you say her name, she tweeted, she said, I'm an effing actress for 40 years. None of us get respect or opportunity we deserve. She also wrote, Emmys are not the venue for racial opportunity. All women be uh, little. Uh, how do you feel about uh, her, her saying that? She was in her damn feelings, and she oh, should have took exactly several seats. Honey, because white people like for you to know they rule this world, and that's why they like for you to see them on TV, on screen, because that's the world that we live in. So I'm sorry well, that I said that on your radio station, but that's how I felt. I'm sorry. I want to bring this other perspective. I digress. I want to bring this other perspective in. I I was reading some of the feedback on social media, and someone brought this point, which I thought was interesting. They said that it was an example of what they termed white feminism, which is that one is aware that sexism exists, but they fail to consider race as a factor in that struggle for equality. And... Mm. I said, well, you know, that is an interesting way to do it because people just go, see, she's hating against black people. And then, you know, they talked about how Gron had, like, all of these tweets that came back and she got upset because she's like, you know, um, I didn't expect every black Twitterer to attack me, you know, after I've been on my knees, you know, uh, I have no forgiveness. And she said, you know, she felt betrayed by the people she would have marched for. You know, she she was trying to clarify that, you know, her stance was equality for all women. So I felt like, you know what, maybe, you know, sometimes you talked about earlier, Will, how people, you know, people can take you out of character. Mm-hmm. Maybe she misspoke. You know, you, you felt a certain way and you misspoke. And then the thing is, when people speak, they only speak from their frame of reference. So you're not a black woman. You know, for you, you felt like, you know, race had nothing to do with this. And maybe from your stance, race doesn't have anything to do with it. But you're not Viola Davis. You have not walked in her shoes. You have not had those struggles. You know, you guys are two totally different people. Um, So I think she just spoke from her paradigm. But, you know, maybe she spoke out of terms or she spoke in a way and didn't realize how it was going to be perceived. That was well, very gracious of you, Alicia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
that was very gracious of you. I try to look at things on multiple sides, you know. I normally do, but that yes, that you was do. The, it was it was the epitome of white privilege, basically. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> and it makes you made a really good point about um, her being a feminist, but it's still like really the picture of white privilege. She doesn't yeah. have that perspective because she's never had to think about it. Right. And to come out of your mouth and say that somebody's experience is invalid because you didn't experience is the direct opposite of empathy, which is what we really mm. need if we're going to move forward with racial reconciliation. And not just that, I like the I like that she said that, especially being a feminist. And in order to be a feminist, there had to be a cause, correct? Mm-hmm. So women as a whole used to not be have roles that they wanted to play in Hollywood. And still to this day, a lot of women say there are not enough films for women that portray women in Hollywood. So if white women aren't getting the roles, then before we even got real roles, all we played was the mammy and the maid. Well, that's a good mm-hmm. point. So, now that we don't we don't fit that no more because we we've, we've overcome somewhat we don't fit that anymore, but they still don't want to give us those high power roles because it changed the trajectory the trajectory of how the world gonna see black folk. Yep. So, women, she's not speaking just for on the behalf of women. She's speaking on the behalf of black women, but she's right. speaking on a cause that. Black women share all the time when it comes to theater or to Hollywood. Yes. Well, you know, I got an interesting, um, I I guess you say, post or question or inbox for the show for a hot topic. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Let me just, let me just read it. Um, Michael Sam. And what 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 the article shared was that Michael Sam thinks he would be in the NFL if he didn't come out. Right, um, I agree, um, and I do too. Go ahead. Okay. Next I agree. question. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I mean, y'all were so quick on that, but I want that wasn't the question, but that's good. I agree as well. But remember, we just talked, was it last week or the week before on the show, we talked about being authentically you. Yes, he should. He was he being should. authentically you. should have found him a, gr- a group of friends. <laughs> that that totally came out. Out. the hell up. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Exactly. Oh, Honey, if he goodness. wanted to come out, only thing he had to do was go in his bathroom, close that door, <laughs> cut the light down, stand in front of that mirror, and say, I am gay. <laughs> <laughs> And then I heard him, and I would have came in and said, welcome, you received your kid in two to three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) And I I would have been in the unmarked envelope. I think he should have really talked to someone about that, because I I guess he wasn't in the place financially where he needed to be. Exactly. um, Before you Mm -hmm. do that, because there there are a whole bunch of repercussions that come with that decision. I think ultimately he does need to do that for himself, but he's in the business where... The, the, you know, the guys were still hating on him. They were saying they were yeah. uncomfortable with him being there. He wasn't prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm all for him living authentically, and I think he should have just planned more carefully for it. And then I think the mm-hmm. article that you were reading 
also stated that um, a lot of people were, well, no, it wasn't. It was something I was reading. A lot of people thought that it had to do with the person that he chose as a mate to and how he did, I think he did like a public kiss or something with the person. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, a lot of people were saying that he didn't get as much black support. Black support. Mm -hmm. And I want to add one more thing we we addressed when we talked about the – the plight of living authentic. I feel mm-hmm. that just you have to have a platform, okay? Yeah. So yeah. what made Kate Jenner um, coming out so great <coughs> because she has mm-hmm. such a large platform yep. that she can speak from as far as transgender. I think mm-hmm. it was true. good that he wanted to come out, but I would have waited till my platform was greater. Yeah. To reach the mass to show, okay, we're here too. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like Oprah Winfrey. She had to get to a certain point before she could become Oprah Winfrey. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. You know, but even though she those... knew who she was and she was being authentic, but she still had to subdue until she got to Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. But in all of those Because points... that's when people respect. That's when people, re- it's easier to receive. You know why I hear in all of those points you gave, and I, I agree with you, you know, totally. They, I mean, it, it, at some point it's like you have to wait till you don't have anything else to lose. Like you have to make sure that everything is stable enough where, you know what, if all the sponsors leave, if I get the hate mail, if I get this, hey, my money is good enough where I'm good. They have everything to lose. I'm not saying have everything to lose, but have more to gain. Because if you're a no-name person, and I'm not saying that a no-name person, because we have great stories everywhere Uh from people that bled and died that never made the history books, but because of their sacrifices, we have things that we have today or the liberties that we have today. But I'm saying that if you're coming out to be a martyr, then you need to at least have a larger platform to reach the masses, not reach two or three, and then you off the scene. I agree, Nate. I also Mm -hmm. feel like people can do like Queen. Uh, Queen Latifah don't tell none of her business. She outdoing her and making her money. And she's not answering them questions because you don't need to be in her bedroom. And I think he would have been more effective if he would have focused on football and not his relationship. Then maybe he would still be playing because they care about you playing on that field. They don't care about who you're sleeping with. So keep that to yourself. Play football, make your money. Exactly. So make your money. Make your money, honey. Make that cash dash. Oh, wait a minute. Phenomenal people. Um, Dion Young, she she's I can't say enough about her and her platform and her efforts of what she does. Um, but a breast cancer survivor. Um, Dion, because of her breast cancer uh, survivor story, 
just has a wealth of information on the topic, not just the form that she um, has overcome, but just in general. And, you know, just in conversations with her in the past, I mean, she shared some information just of how it's different in the races, um, right. it's different in the genders. You know, some of the things about our youth, you know, you have our young ladies who are developing sooner. Well, as part of that development and hormones and things like that, we're seeing more of our adolescent girls now have breast cancer or oh, wow. at greater risk for breast cancer. Um, so there's just some wonderful things like that. Well, not wonderful, but wonderful information, I will say, you know, awareness that she's going to bring to next week's show. And, you know, actually, even, too, with men, you know, it's a common myth that men can't have uh, breast cancer. Yeah, exactly. Not true. Not true. And here's a little tidbit. This has nothing to do with um, the show, but Mm -hmm. I saw on Facebook that a man saw a pregnancy test in in his girlfriend, you know, in the the bathroom or whatever, saw it was a joke, said he would pee on it, Um, took the test, and the test said that he was pregnant. Ha, 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 funny, funny, he's pregnant. He's a man. Ashley Uh comes to, you guys can research this maybe for next week's show, but they're saying that the same hormones that they look to indicate if a woman's pregnant, Uh those same hormones will exist in a man if he has cancer, testicular cancer. Oh, wow. So I'm like, hey, that might be another tool, you know, something just a preventative measure at home. But anyway. Yeah. In addition to Dion Young, we also are going to have Carrie Too Smooth Marshall Jr., just came back from um, tour. He was in Dubai with Jason Derulo, and I believe in October he's going right back out to be the lead guitarist with Legacy. But one thing that's brilliant about him, he just has an awesome, an awesome platform as far as branding is concerned, as far as taking care of the business end behind the music, and just a lot of um, beautiful motivational tips for just living and handling your finances and entrepreneurship. So I'm really excited to have both of those people on next week's show. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I want to thank each of you for um, being on the show again tonight. I hope you all oh. have a wonderful week. Anybody have anything to say to our listeners before we sign off? Love and blessings. Love and blessings. Yes. All right. Well, Go with God, next and we <laughs> apologize for Nate. <laughs> Have an awesome week and be blessed. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. We ask that you visit www.letsfaceitradio.com for up-to-date information on future shows, special guests, advertising opportunities, and exciting interactive ways that you can be a part of the show. Join us next week, same time, same place, for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it.